Amen. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for salvation in His name. We thank you for victory in Jesus. And we thank you for this opportunity we have to be together this morning. And we pray for those who are brothers and sisters who are not able to be with us, who are watching today. May the Lord bless them and may, may be close to them and encourage them today in their circumstances. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to sing praise to your name. You alone are worthy of our praise, and so we honor you with our lips, and we give the sacrifice of praise. We thank you, Lord, for grace and mercy that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ, grace upon grace. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your words, your precious words. Your words linger with us, your words get in our minds. Your words save us. I pray today that as we hear your words, Lord Jesus Christ, that we might, that we might be truly challenged by them and that we might do what you say in your words. We thank you for this blessed time we have together and we thank you for this church. May Jesus be honored and glorified through all that we do. May you be pleased by what we seek to do here as we lift the name of Jesus and honor you. So thank you, Lord, for these days. Your mercy, oh, how rich and glorious, how wonderful it is for us. And so we thank you for that today and for the wonderful word of God, a lamp to our feet and a light to our, our path. <clears throat> Bless us today as we spend our time now in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning and good to see all of you here. Uh, if you have your Bibles, find your place in the Gospel of John. These days, uh, I'm Pastor Mike. If you're a guest, we're honored to have you. May the Lord bless you. <clears throat> we hope you'll come back and be with us. If you need something in your life spiritually, something you want us uh, to deal with you or speak with you about, we'd be honored to do that. Please let us know. I'm glad that all of our boys and girls are here and our students are in here. It's always a privilege to have multiple generations joining us as we study the Word of God. And it's so good to see boys and girls <clears throat> bring their Bibles to church. Oh, it's important. So boys and girls, find in your Bible the Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the fourth book in your New Testament, and find chapter 3. These days, I'm asking us all to think about whose words really matter. Today, I'm asking all of us to consider whose words have you based your life? That's right. Whose words have you based your life on and whose words do you have assurance when it comes to dying? Because you know everyone in here, we don't know the day, we don't know the time, but every one of us, will die one day. So the question this morning is, how do you handle uh, words and whose words really count? Well, that's what we're seeking to do in this uh, time in John's gospel. 25 times, 25 times in the gospel of John, uh, John uses a phrase of the Lord Jesus. We're going to see it three times today. We saw it one time last week, and it is the phrase, truly, truly, I say to you. 
This is what the Lord Jesus was saying in the world of darkness and wickedness in his own time. This is what the Lord was saying. He was speaking truth that lasts to a world that was filled with lies and falsehood. And it's the same today. So I stand in this 21st century to declare to you the same words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And <clears throat> you'll have to decide whether you believe they're truths that you ought to build your life on. You see, everybody in this room has to decide what you're going to do with the words of Jesus Christ. So boys and girls, you're just starting out. So today you're going to learn some amazing things that Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, who came from heaven, spoke in the earth. And now we have them in our Bible recorded by John, who heard these words himself. So they're red-letter words. In some of your Bibles, your Bible has red-letter words, and that's good. The, the, the publishers, are, all they're trying to do is highlight for you these very precious, special words of Jesus Christ. So John talks about two things. He talks about the work of Jesus Christ and he gives seven signs of Jesus Christ in the gospel of John that declare and demonstrate his, uh, that he is the son of God. But oh, the words, the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You see, today, the only way you can be saved, or as we'll see in a moment, born again, is to receive and believe Jesus Christ's words. Whose words are you going to believe? This becomes the question of the hour. Whose words will all of your lost friends and my lost friends and family believe? Well, they're listening to somebody. Sadly, they're listening to lies. So instead of having you stand this morning, because I have such an extended amount of uh, verses I want to read, we're going to spend our time in John chapter 3, and I'm going to read beginning in verse number 1, and go through verse number 21. Keep your Bible open. I'll make some comments <clears throat> back to some other places in John's gospel. So we read these words beginning in John chapter 3. Now there was a man of the Pharisees, named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, 
and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? Truly, truly, a third time, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen and you do not accept our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone or whoever believes will in him have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. He who believes in Him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the judgment that the light has come into the world. And men love the darkness rather than the light. For their deeds were evil. For everyone, everyone who does evil hates the light. And does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. Now, Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word, these precious, sweet, wonderful, glorious words of the Lord Jesus Christ. May they be food for our soul. May for those of us who have been born again, may they be a sweet reminder of what has happened in our life and may for some who are here, young and old alike, who have never been born again. May they be drawn by the words of the Lord Jesus and may they be born again so that they might enter the kingdom of God and all the great blessings of salvation in Jesus. Holy Spirit, be our teacher now. In Jesus' name we pray. <clears throat> Amen. So I want you to go back just before we begin. And boys and girls, let me give you a, a, a hint here. And I, try, I meant to do this before. So each week we will go through and give a focus, a focused truth. And so today, this is the focus. What I've read all of these verses from God's Word. So what is the focus today? Well, here's the focus based on what we read from Jesus Christ. The focus is this, or I might say the truth that lasts is this. That unless you personally are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Unless you personally are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. So let's go back and look at some things before we look in detail at these verses together. First of all, you have three times 
in chapter 3 where the Lord says, truly, truly. Look at them again in your Bible. It might be good to mark them. Verse 3, Jesus answered Nicodemus and said, first time, verse 3, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse number 5, the second time, Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And then the third time is verse number 11. Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen, and you do not accept our testimony. Describing Nicodemus' condition of unbelief. Now what's happening here? Well, Nicodemus comes as we read in these verses. This is some background before we get to some observations. In verse 1 of chapter 3, there was a man of the Pharisees. This is a very religious man. The Pharisees were the strictest of the Jewish people. They were they memorized the first 5 books of the law of God, the Torah. They were very familiar with all of the sacrificial system and all the practices they sincerely sought to separate themselves from worldliness, and they sought to live for God. They were the separatists of the Jews. They were strict in all of their ways, and because of their strictness, they became hypocritical, and because of some of the things they did, they obviously became the worst enemies of the Lord Jesus Christ. How sad that is. Those who knew the most about the Word of God hated the Son of God who came speaking the Word of God. So Nicodemus comes, and he's also a ruler. So he is a religious man and a ruler, and he comes by night. I'm not going to question or talk about why he came. We don't have any uh, description of that. Lots of people spend time on that, saying he came for whatever reason at night. He comes at night. That's what the Word of God says. And he comes and he says to the Lord Jesus, Rabbi, verse 2, We know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do the signs... That you do unless God is with him. So he was, pay attention, he was seeing what Jesus was doing in his miracles. And he was seeing that and declaring, well, God must be with this man. If you go back to chapter 2 at the end, you read these words in verse 23. Now, when Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name. Please notice what the scripture says observing his signs, which he was doing. They believed because of what he did. They didn't believe because of what he said. They believed based on what he did, and much of it was self-serving. They liked what he did, and they wanted him to do more. We'll see that as we get into the Gospel of John. Kind of like people today, oh God, just do me a miracle. I'm deserving of a miracle. Do me a miracle. Not that I'm going to follow you, not that I'm going to obey you, not that I'm going to pledge my commitment to you. Just do me a miracle. The same was true. So Nicodemus comes with his religious background looking at what Jesus is doing and he makes, a, he makes a, an observation. He makes a spiritual observation that apparently what Jesus is doing shows that God is with him. But immediately the Lord begins to speak to him about what he doesn't really understand. Also, before we go on, I remind you of what we saw last week in John chapter 1, verse number 18. 
No one has seen God at any time. That includes to this very moment, except the Lord Jesus Christ, whose words are written in the Bible. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the begotten Son of God, the unique and one and only Son of God, who is in the bosom of the Father, that is, is the closest relationship with God the Father. He has explained who God is. That's why the words of Jesus Christ matter. If you want to know who God is, you listen to what Jesus Christ said. You read His words. You pay attention to it. You listen to what He has to say about God and how to have a relationship with God. Also, before we look at these uh, observations in John 3, I must read to you some of the saddest verses in the Gospel of John. In fact, these verses I'm about to read in John chapter 1 basically uh, set up the entire process of the book and what John does. He shows us this pattern over and over. John chapter 1 verse 10. He, that is Jesus Christ, was in the world. Boys and girls, everybody here, there was a time... Well over 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ was living on this planet, just like you are. That's what it means, verse 10. He was in the world and the world was made through Him. But here are the saddest of words. And the world did not know Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And it even gets sadder, verse 11. He came to His own Jewish people. His own heritage. He came to the Jewish nation, to His own Jewish people. And those who were His own family and heritage did not receive Him. But, and this verse helps us understand what we're about to learn about in John 3. But as many as received Him, from the world, from the Jewish background, whatever background. But as many as received Him, that is, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, to them He gave the right, notice, to become a child of God. Even to those who believe in His name. Please read carefully verse 13. Who were born, who were born, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, listen, but born of God. So we come now to John chapter 3, and I have three observations, but I'm going to put them in the form of a question. So we'll look through John chapter 3. We're just going to walk through in our time together and listen to the Lord Jesus describe the greatest of all mysteries. The greatest of all experiences. That is, the experience of being born again or being born of God. What does this mean for us? Well, this becomes very important for every one of us listening today to my voice on technology or here in this room. Number one, what does it mean to be born again? Now, Pastor, some of you are going to put me on pause and think, okay, I've heard all this my, my entire life. The Word of God is new every day. The Word of God is fresh every time you hear it. Before you put it on pause and think you know all about this, Hear the word of the Lord Jesus today. What does it mean to be born again? We might ask the Lord Jesus, that is what Nicodemus was asking, how can this be? How can this be that you're born again? Secondly, how is one born again and why doesn't everyone want to be born again? It's a very good question and 
the Lord Jesus answers that question in John 3. So we take our time this morning to walk through this so that we might understand God's Word. First of all, what does it mean to be born again? Well, you'll notice that he says, truly, truly, verse 3, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Oh, there's nothing more glorious than the birth of a child. We saw it again here today. What a privilege we have in this church to witness all of these newborn Baptist babies. Praise God. Just keep bringing them along, you young people. Bring them along. More Baptist babies. More Baptist babies. Praise God. But you see, when a child is born, they open their eyes after they're out of the womb and they see the world for the first time. They hear noises. They've heard them in the womb. But now it's all very clear. They have... They have touch. They have experience. Oh, the joy of newborn children. Oh, the joy of it. What a blessing it is. There's nothing like the change that comes in a family's life when a child is born. The birth of a child. But now Nicodemus comes and he's declaring, Look, I, I see all these things you do. Surely you're from God. But the Lord reminds him, you don't really know what, how I'm doing this because you're not born again. Only those who are born again, only those who are born again have spiritual sensitivity. See, this is what the Lord's talking about here. When he uses the word see. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is that blessing of the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ as our Lord. His rule and reign, it starts when we're justified. As I've spoken to this church about, it continues as the Holy Spirit of God sanctifies you and makes you more holy. And it ends in glorification in heaven. So you have this great truth that unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You see, unless you're born again, you cannot see spiritual things. They don't matter to you. You don't care about spiritual things when you're not born again. Now in this room, there are a unique group of people. There are a unique group of people sitting in this room. All of us in this room have been born once. You wouldn't be here in your flesh had you not been born. But there are many in this room who, are, who have been born again. They've experienced a second birth. They've experienced being born from above. They've, they've experienced, as John calls it, and the Lord calls it, being born of God. And though we have a history, and though we have a family, and we have our, our names and our backgrounds from our family of flesh, and our heritage, all of us who are now believers in Christ, as we've learned before, adopted children of God, and because we believed in Jesus Christ, you are born of God. You are now a new person in Christ, as Paul calls you. And you have spiritual desires. You didn't care about the Bible. You certainly wouldn't sit and listen to some old preacher preach. You didn't care about any of that until you came to know Jesus Christ. And you were born again and you saw. You saw for the first time that life is more than fleshly desire. That life is more than covetousness. And life is more than my selfishness. Life has a spiritual reality. And it all centers in knowing Jesus Christ. Those who are born of God 
aren't born again, but born of God, as he says in verse number five. Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. God must do the rebirth. I'm dead in my sins, and when I believe in Jesus Christ, this glorious thing happens in my life. I experience being born of God. For those of you who are here this morning and you believe in Jesus Christ and you're born of God, I want to remind you of what's happened to you. You're different now and you have spiritual desires because you've been born of God. The Holy Spirit of God is in you and because of that, you are now a different person. You live in the kingdom of God and you live under the reign of Jesus Christ and you live spiritually. Verse number 6. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Paul the Apostle talks about this matter of understanding spiritual words and spiritual things versus fleshly things. He says, the natural man, the person just born of flesh, does not understand the things of God. They are foolishness to him. That's the world today. The majority of your friends and your neighbors, the majority of people running the roads today all around us, the people who live all over this planet, the majority of them think that these kinds of words and even the words of the Lord Jesus, by the way, have been forgotten or have never been heard. That's why we send missionaries. That's why we share the gospel. Most people don't care about these things. They're natural people. They're born into this world of flesh and they're living to fulfill their fleshly desires. And one day they'll die in their sins if they're not born again. But the born again, oh, the, 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 the natural man doesn't receive spiritual things. But this is what he's talking about here. He's talking about those that are born of the Spirit. The Word of God comes alive. You start reading the Word of God. You start to have desires to pray and talk to God. You have in you a desire to live a different kind of life. To please the Lord Jesus. And you pay attention to His words. And the Word of God becomes special to you. What does it mean to be born again? It means that we see the kingdom of God. It means, it means that we are born of God. It means that we experience and now enter the kingdom of His Son. We live under the reign of Jesus Christ. We live as spiritual people, not in our flesh. This is the difference between those that you know who are unsaved and who you are. The things we used to do in the flesh become less important the longer you walk with God. So how is one born again? Well, in verse number 12, the Lord says, If I tell you earthly things and you don't believe, Nicodemus, will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? You see, there's something wrong here. There's, there's an issue, but who is speaking here? It's the Son of God. It's Jesus Christ. The one who has, notice verse 13, who no one has ascended to heaven, but he who has descended, the Son of Man, he calls himself, the Lord Jesus calls himself, by this humble title, the Son of Man. But Jesus says, I have, come from, I have come from heaven to speak these very important words. How is one born again? Well, we're born again. Notice the change now. Because the Lord uses a different word in these, in these verses. He says in verse 12, how will you believe? This is the idea of faith in Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, you must trust either your own words and your own ideas or you must trust someone else's with all the important things of life. I don't know who your set of experts are 
and their words that you check diligently on the internet, that you read and quote every day. But I wonder how often you consider the words of the Lord Jesus Christ in your daily life. I wonder if you've truly sat down and said, whose words will help me when I'm dying? Whose words will help me when I'm struggling the most? Whose words will assure me in the times of my greatest despair? Whose words? Well, we see here that the Lord, He inserts the word believe to this religious leader. He says, no one has ascended into heaven, verse 13, but he who has descended from heaven. And then he goes on, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. What is he saying? Just as Moses raised that serpent on the pole so that Israel could look to that serpent and believe and, not, and be protected by the serpents in the wilderness who were biting and stinging them. Jesus Christ must be raised on the cross. And then he goes on and gives us some of the most famous words in all of God's word. Whoever believes, he says it again. Whoever believes, verse 15, will in him have eternal life. Now he introduces another word, eternal life. When I believe the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, I experience eternal life. That means life without end. You now have experienced if you are born again. If you've been born of God, my friend, you have experienced eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. So this becomes very important for us. So why is it that most people won't believe. Well, he's already said it to us when he said it to Nicodemus. In verse number 12, if I've, uh, in verse number 11, if we've spoken to you about what we've seen and you don't accept our testimony, if you won't believe what I say on the earth, how will you believe heavenly things? You see, the whole matter is belief or unbelief. This is where your spiritual life begins. Boys and girls, you must think about this today. Have you been born again? You've been born once. You have a wonderful family. Your mom and dad love you. They care about you. They're doing everything they can for you. But you not only must be born into this fleshly world as you have been. It's a gift of God. God brought us all here and children are a gift and inheritance from God. But you must be born of God or you will never go to heaven. You must be born of God or you'll never understand spiritual things. You must be born of God or you'll never understand who Jesus Christ is and what He came to do. Now what does the Lord say here as we finish up in verse number 18? He says, For he who believes in Him is not judged. The one who, believes, uh, the one who does not believe has already been judged because he has not believed. In the name of the only begotten Son of God. You know, there's a lot of... This will make you an unpopular person with some people. Because there is in the world's truths, the idea that it doesn't really matter what you do or who you believe in, there are all kinds of ways to get to heaven. This is what the world says. But the Lord Jesus was very clear in saying something that I must read again to remind everyone in this room. It, it is the authority of the Lord Jesus saying these words, 
Therefore, I believe these words. I will stand my life on these words. I will say them unapologetically to every person I meet. And they are these. I'll read them again to you. Verse 18. He who believes in Him is not judged, but he who does not believe has been judged already because, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ. The only way to heaven is by believing in Jesus Christ. I will say it until I die without apology and without fear. But you're going to be unpopular if you say that today. So whose truth will you believe? Dr. So-and-so? Or the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, we go on and he, he, he continues on this issue of unbelief. Perhaps there are some in this room who do not really believe. You, you come and you hear these words and you have a general idea and you get it in your mind that... Jesus Christ was a historic person, but beyond that, it's just a lot of additional things. You're not so sure about it. Well, you're living in unbelief. You have not believed. You have not believed on the only begotten Son of God. Only through the Lord Jesus Christ is there a way to heaven. This is the judgment that the light, verse 19, has come into the world the light is the Lord Jesus Christ. The light has come into the world. You know, what, you know what the light is? It's the words of Jesus Christ. Boy, when you read what Jesus Christ says, the light comes on. For he who believes in him is not judged, verse number 18, because he believes. But in verse 19, the judgment has come that the light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds are evil. See, that's it. We don't want to be born again because we love our sin. We love us some sin. Oh, do we love our sin. And we all have our favorites. And we like to be in the dark. So nobody will see what we love to do. To satisfy our flesh. But the Lord speaks to us and says to us the truth of God's word. And He turns on the light. But we run from the light. That's why people say, don't, don't preach to me. From the Bible, don't talk about Jesus Christ. Why are you afraid of Jesus Christ? Oh, it's His words, aren't they? His words. His words. When we speak the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's power in His words. Everyone who does evil hates the light. Verse 20. I said this to you last week. I got a few comments from some people. I'm going to say it again. The world hates Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the, 20, the 2021 world you live in. I hope you're listening to me today. I hope you're not fooled. The world hates Jesus Christ. And if you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, line up. You'll be hated too. Pastor Mike, so dramatic. I'm just reading the Word of God. I'm just reading the words of the Lord Jesus. Everyone who does not, who everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. The reason why some of you won't be saved is because you're hiding some things in your life and you're ashamed of them. 
until you're willing to step into the light of the truth of God's Word and believe in Jesus Christ, you'll be in your sin and you'll go to hell in your sin. This is what we say to the world unashamedly. We don't cower down like a bunch of fearful people. Stepping back as if we have nothing to say. I have something to say to the world. Hear the words of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. You must be born again. Or you will never experience heaven. No matter how wonderful you may think or how you fooled yourself. So as we, complete, as we complete our time in John 3, what do we remember? Well, I just want to give this to you, and I, I'm, just, I'm giving you some additional material. Because John wrote some more about this. He heard the Lord Jesus speak about you must be born again. This is the most essential thing, my friends. This is the most important matter in your life. You see, a life... We think about children born into the world and oh, the possibilities, oh, the potential, oh, the opportunities, yes. And the only way you have opportunity and real life and real hope and real joy is to be born again. You see here, all of us today, the politicians of our world, you must be born again. The merchants of our world, you must be born again. The moms and dads of this world, you must be born again. The boys and girls of this world, you must be born again. The soldiers of this world, you must be born again. The first responders, you must be born again. The oldest of seniors, you must be born again. And the youngest of young, you must be born again. This is the message we have for our world. It is the truth that lasts. John the apostle couldn't get over this. He says in various places in 1 John, he says being born of God. That's his phrase of being born again. Those who are born again, 1 John 3, 9, they do not practice sin. They overcome it. That should be good news for you. Some of you say, oh, I can't overcome some of these things I've been doing. Yes, you can when you're born again. By the Spirit of God and the power of God, you can kill your sin and overcome it. But only those born again. Those who are born again believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. 1 John 5. Those who are born again overcome the world by faith. 1 John 5. Those who are born again or born of God are protected by God from the evil one. 1 John 5. And then what did Peter say in those wonderful words in, in 1 Peter 1.3? We quote them often. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Did you know? Oh, my friend, the only way to have real hope in a hopeless world is to be born again. That's what the world wants. But it only comes through Jesus Christ. So what do we do with all of this? What's our? How do we use this? Well, Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Come to Jesus the light and rejoice, believer, in your second birth. Have a birthday party on the day you came to know Christ. A spiritual birthday party. Do you know when it was? There's not a person in this room who would say, well, you know, you know we, we get our feelings hurt if people don't remember our birthday do you know your spiritual birthday? Do you know where you were? 
in your sin and wickedness when you heard the promise of the Lord Jesus Christ and you believed the gospel and you were saved? Well, I say to all of my friends here today, perhaps you're religious and you must hear it again. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is of God. The old hymn says it, ye must be born again, ye must be born again. I verily, verily say unto thee, ye must be born again. Why don't you go to that hopeless friend or neighbor or family member this week and just say this, you must be born again. You must be born again. You might be the one who causes them to step out of the wickedness of darkness and the pain and bondage of darkness and into the glorious light of salvation in Jesus Christ.